everyone. It's Audie, and we've actually been hard at work on a new season of The Assignment, and we'll have new episodes for you on March 23rd. In the meantime, we wanted to share one more special episode from another podcast that we enjoy and that we think you will, too. It's called Story of the Week with journalist Joel Stein. Now, each week, Joel chooses a long-form article that fascinates him and then convinces the writer to tell him all about it. It's a wonderful deep dive into long-form journalism that not all of us have the time to read. Now, this episode is one of our favorites. Joel interviews Corey Sika, who edited a New York Magazine cover story on the, quote, new rules of etiquette. You might remember it went viral a few weeks back in February. So from tipping to canceling plans, Joel and Corey chat through some of the almost 200 do's and don'ts that will supposedly help us be better behaved in modern society. Okay, here's the episode, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. You can hear Joel in conversation with more journalists on Story of the Week from our friends at Pushkin Industries. New episodes are out every Thursday, available where you get your podcasts. And as for the assignment, we'll be back soon with more conversations with people who live the headlines. Until then, thank you for listening. I'm Corey Sika, and I co-edited the Etiquette Guide for New York Magazine, and it's the Story of the Week. One of the things they never told me about getting old is that I no longer know how to behave in polite society. I'm just doing stuff the way I've always done it for 51 years. I'm utterly oblivious to the fact that I'm the only one left announcing my three pronouns instead of two. I'm out there saying I'm a he, him, his, like some kind of geezer. So when New York Magazine published a cover story listing more than 194 updated rules for existing in polite society, I was not surprised at all that it went viral. I'm so old, I didn't even understand some of the questions that they printed on the cover in this huge font so that at least I could read it. Do I have to heart their heart emoji? Do I have to heart their heart emoji? That makes about as much sense to me as the number of dances you're allowed to have with one lady in a Jane Austen novel before you're officially engaged. Do I have to heart their heart emoji? Writing is hard, who's got that kind of time? When you're already busy trying to be Joel Stein So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob Calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak Conversation filled with information, it's the story of the Corey Sika, who's exactly my age, co-edited New York Magazine's cover article on the new etiquette rules. And I had a lot of issues I wanted to bring up with him about it. I'm sensing that you have some bones to pick here. I have an entire skeleton to pick here. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure you're used to this now that you're an etiquette person, but I'm going to be coming at you hard. Some of this just doesn't sit well with me. I'm afraid and excited, but thank you for the warning. That's great etiquette from you. Oh, there you go. Well, that you really judoed me there. We, we had to be tricky in the etiquette business, I've learned quickly. <laughs> How did this list come about? Like, whose idea was it and why? Sure. So our lives have changed a lot in the last couple of years. Perhaps you noticed those of us who didn't die in the pandemic had our lives changed in different ways. So we set out to address 
how to behave now from situations like the workplace to the subway to the mean streets. So the guide is a set of almost 200 rules that we hope will help make people's lives a tiny bit better. When's the last time someone tried something like this? It was 1945. No, so <laughs> like etiquette's like a big business in America and the big ones in the game, you know, still have advice columns that run in newspapers. That feels different than like giving us concrete rules to live by though. Yeah, it's been a few decades and someone's really tried to do this and um, it feels like, it weirdly feels overdue, I think. I think so too. It really saved me from old manism in many, many ways. Old men like you need help too. So much help. No, but this is such a need right now. In the last five years, the world, especially the social world, has changed. It's not just social media. It's not just how much more political we've gotten, but it's it's kind of this great shift, which is really what the political fight is about. You know, if you take all the issues that people are getting upset about, just knowing when to bring up your pronouns, like there's just all kinds of new etiquette rules and uh Thank God New York Magazine is here for do this. <laughs> well, you know, we're the obvious choice to tell people how to behave <laughs> in America. <laughs> One thing I really liked about this list was that you said you road tested all this advice. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at some point you had thought that a great way to end the conversation is to say to someone at the party, it's been great to chat. And then you tried that out. And of course, that did not work so well. No, it's terrible. It was terrible. It's very embarrassing. It's been great to chat. Just literally just says like, you know, you. It's like, (laughs) but it really helped like really just like trying out with people's lives and hearing from parents and non-parents and younger Mm -hmm. and older, like all that stuff really got us to a pretty solid place. What were some of the things you road tested that didn't work that you took off the list? (sighs) You know, we, I can tell you where we, I feel like we fell apart for sure. We worked really hard on rules about going to people's homes that ask you to take your shoes off. Mm, that's a big one. That's a big one. And I I am strongly of the opinion that you should be ready to drop your shoes to the drop of a hat. We have a no shoe rule policy in our house. And I feel Good. I feel like we're just pissing people off. But you're at the leading edge of where this is going. It, once you start thinking about it, it's common sense. You have children, right? I do. I, do. I have a 13-year-old. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Do you want them tracking whatever they're doing into the house on their shoes? No. What do you think 13-year-olds are up to? They're just on their phones all day. Do you think, think they're out playing in the dirt? Like, what are you assuming about kids? I, I assume they're just in, like, needles somewhere. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but, like... New York Magazine. <laughs> are they in the crack dens at 13? I don't know. But we just didn't get there on that. There was a lot of argument about that, and we tried things on. And I just, in the end, had to say to, like... I, we just had to give it up because white people won't give up their attachment to shoes and doors. Except when they're on airplanes, then they come right off. (laughs) Or honestly, sometimes when they're in the office where people take off their shoes a surprising amount. Well, that was one of your rules, right? Keep your damn shoes out of the office. I can't believe this had to be said. I'm sorry. I'm going to get yelled at at work now for this, but it was unreal. And some of these are not serious recommendations. Some of these are just jokes, right? Mm -hmm. Like number 38 is is always wink. Like everywhere. Even at like a person with one eye? Come on. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's a little bit of context with everything, but you know what? I think that we really wanted to reclaim winking for our time. Like winking got a rap of being a, the province of sleazy old men such as ourselves, but I, I actually think it's charming and I think we need to bring it back. Really? Is this charming? <laughs> well, I think context maybe. I think I need practice. Feels intimate here. 
to me, this list sounds like it was written by some extremely socially anxious people. Like, ignore your coworkers if you see them on the subway. Don't talk about people's food because they might have food trauma. You can cancel any social plan for any reason up to two hours before it starts. It's just like, it's all like avoid social interaction. And then, oh, if you have a good social interaction, you have to text people within three hours to tell all of them you had a good social interaction. Like, it just seems like this list needs some therapy. So one of the things that's interesting about etiquette as it changes over time is that generational shifts happen, right? And so we're seeing some things that are alien to us nice Gen X folks who are perfect in every way. I think we can agree. For sure. That um, millennials are different and their gen- the generation after them is definitely different too. There are things that will send millennials over the edge that um, would not phase you or I and vice versa. So I, I think if you're detecting a strain of like over communication uh, and anxiety, I think that's related to a generation that grew up being able to communicate immediately with phones for one thing, and also just has a different sense of values around everything from consent to the workplace. And like, they're different. And like, and these rules in the world are changing because this next generation is different. And honestly, for the most part, I'm into it. Okay, so now, just because you're the co-editor, I'm going to go ahead and just blame you for every item on the list that I hated, which is what you're hearing from everyone. That's what right I now. deserve. This is yeah, what okay. I deserve. And the one that I think you're getting the most criticism on is number 12, which includes the phrase if oh oh you're you're raising your hand in triumph here. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, Take it. You know it. this one. It, it contains the phrase if you penetrate you pay. And you're not <laughs> you're not talking about Putin. You're talking about sex here. This is making people mad, right? Well, this this one's up for debate. It's interesting. Listen, I've been out of the dating game for a long time. I've had a joint bank account for decades now. But but I, I feel like, you know, it was time for a rule around this. And you know what? And also it's time to make light of this a little bit. There's a little bit of this rule that's literally saying like, we've gotten so serious and so uptight about dates and paying and gender roles. And especially at a time when gender is like getting nuked from space in a good yeah. way. <laughs> I just think like, you know what, if you want to be, if you want to be the big boss of the date, whip out your checkbook. It's good. Also, let me, re- let me respect the non-penetrative dates. Of course. That's what I'm wondering well. about or the double penetrative dates. <laughs> Listen, your night is your night. Here's a question. Now that we're talking about this, what if you're a couple and you're going out on a date with a thruple? Do you split that bill down the middle? For me, the most important tipping advice in our tipping guide is that like everyone should be gently competing to pay. Like it's good manners. It's graceful. It's most cultures. It everyone feel good. Hey, yeah. But I just think like if, as the baseline, if you're like, no, please let me get this check. If you can, not everyone can, then it's wonderful. Okay. One of the etiquette items is, Uh-oh. no, it's just, this one's just confusing. If you put out bowls of cigarettes at a party, you have to let people smoke inside. They're not decor. Are people putting out bowls of cigarettes at parties? Like, am I going to the wrong parties? Or is this just a personal thing for one writer? You're going to the wrong part. You know, what's funny, our two most nightlife-oriented reporters, Brock Collier, who does nightlife exclusively, and Sean McCree, who's our media reporter, both of them spoke 
urgently and passionately <laughs> to this. They said they had been at multiple parties recently <laughs> where bowls of cigarettes were used in the room and then they were told to smoke them outside. And like the fact that this happens in some land that we don't visit is amazing to me, <laughs> but like, but I, but the fact that people actually are like, oh, now you must smoke my party gifts outside is, is wild. Another piece of your advice was whenever you leave a party, take some trash with you. Smart. I personally would never do that. I'm too pretty. <laughs> Did you road test this? At one point you said you don't have to read everyone's book, which you also meant like go to their comedy shows, either play, but you should say when you hear about it, this is the quote you suggest. What a feat. What a feat is what you're supposed to say. This cannot have been road tested. We, you know, we say this a lot in the office now, and I and I can't say it with a straight face of someone. I can't. I li- and also we've now ruined that phrase because now everyone will be like, "Oh, I know where you got that." What? Okay, this is. I'm just going through the rules. When in the entire history of humanity has this ever worked? You suggest in number nineteen, if your friend is dating someone you seriously object to, you have one shot to sit down with your pal and say so. I agitated for this to be more than one shot. If someone is dating someone that I think is a bad, a bad person, I will tell them pretty regularly. But I think that this rule is correct in restraining me from multiple assertions. I think I should say, listen, I love you. And I see that you are dating this person. Uh, Here's my solid complaint or belief about it. And I'm going to say it once because I love you. And then I'm moving on. Has that ever worked? You know, my mother did this to me once. I brought home someone I was dating and she pulled me aside afterwards and said, I don't like him. Here's why. And she, you know, in the end, she was right. Like, I, and I wasn't mad in because it end. was so, it was in the end. You well, weren't mad at the time? I wasn't mad. No, because she did it really kindly. And, but it stuck with me, not in an undermining way, but it stuck with me in a way that when the time came for me to put some of those pieces together myself, I was like, oh, I already had the help from someone I trusted to know that I should get the heck away from him. I think we owe that to our friends. Oh. Do you want to spend the next 10 years with your friend marrying this schmucko who's like a jerk? No, I've just never seen it actually stop anyone. It just causes oh, resentment yeah, between true. you and that person. Uh, that's also true. But then you have to like go to parties with them for the next 10 years and be like, oh, God, I hate this. I hate their girlfriend so That's life, much. my friend. That is just, that is most oh, of I my social interaction. I just stopped going. Here's what happens is those people, they get isolated. And so then they end up without the friend and with the shitty girlfriend. No, they wind up with the other person's friends, the new spouses. Oh, yeah. We're well, worse people. I, I'm concerned about your friend group. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give them this list. I'm going to subtly email them this entire thing. Coming up. Corey tells me that I'm a cheap bastard who insults people with my texts. But first, our sponsors want to sell you a serving bowl for cigarettes for your next dinner party. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. 
Temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I do not hate everything on your list, though. Thank you so much. There's some very good ideas. That's good. Do you have a personal favorite recommendation from this list? Yeah. So the one that you didn't bring up that people are mad about that is one of my personal favorites is that we're asserting that you may call, text, message anyone at any hour. I'm 100% with you. Wow. That's amazing. I don't have notifications on my phone because I'm a reasonable human being. When I, It's a tool. When I want to use it, I pick it up. It doesn't bing. It doesn't flash. I can go look when I want to look. Control your device, people. So like I stand by this rule and and I know there's outliers and we're all in a change with technology, but like this is where we're going. Like this is this is where technology is headed, that we have to be in control of what alerts us at all times. I'd love to never wake up your significant other on purpose ever. Yeah. That's, that's a good rule. Listen, if someone's in the house, I'll go deal with it. I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. You hear a noise outside, deal with it. What am I going to do? Have someone like get in my way. No, I got to go deal with the situation. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a gun in New York, do you? Oh, I, I live in the suburbs. Oh, uh, but you don't have a gun. No one at New York Magazine is allowed to have a gun. <laughs> there actually should be an etiquette rule that no one who works at New York Magazine No one in the mainstream media carry. is allowed to have a gun. Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of great etiquette rules around things like gun ownership. And, you know, you didn't get into the that. laws are changing so rapidly. We did not get into gun ownership and the etiquette guide. However, we should, most of those are just laws. You should not brandish your firearm at strangers. But you're allowed to like walk into a Starbucks with like a giant gun strap to you. I think, I think that's rude. I think the open carry is, is pretty rude. And you, you don't even need a rule about that. We know better. Yeah. I loved that street people can only use the word partner if they're trying to finagle something out of that. It's so annoying. This is a little controversial. What do you think mm -mm. about this? Hate partner. I'm like, give me some information. Why are you saying partner to me? Yeah, it's weird. And like you, I'm nosy. I want to know everything. Like, are you bisexual in a relationship yeah. with a opposite sex person? And when did you meet? And like, how mad are your parents? Like, I'm like, I want to know everything because I'm just nosy. Ugh. And then here's something I, I do that I no longer do thanks to your list, which is don't tell people that they look like some celebrity. Because. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's. it's it can be an insult or they can see it as an insult. You know, it's funny. This came as a revelation to me because I had never really thought about this before. And I also have done it and had it done to done unto me. It feels bad. It messes with your sense of self in some way. Although you do say as part of that, it's better to say nice sweater, which let me, I'm pretty <laughs> sure is something you shouldn't say to a woman because it's, it's just a comment on their breasts. Always. It just means boobs. Nice sweater. Like, there's no way. Like, no gay guy could even say nice sweater. There's no way. You can't win. Nice sweater. Isn't that, and I got nothing now. Um, I love this. If your host is doing the dishes, it means you're supposed to leave. I think that I need to stop doing the dishes when I have friends over is what I learned from this. It is a little rude. In fact, oh, I was writing a cover for Time Magazine about George Clooney. Mm. And we invite... Oh, were you in Lake Como? Where were you? No, I was in my house. I invited them over my house for dinner. And I cooked. Oh, weird. Very weird. I figured there's only three things left that people hadn't done with celebrity interviews. So huh. he was a great guest, spent a long time, 
drank a lot, ate a lot. My wife was here. My wife is the only woman in history who's not completely charmed by George Clooney. And at some point, she started doing the dishes. It was really, really late. It was way past midnight. But because no one had ever wanted George Clooney to leave anywhere, he was unaware of this, this etiquette rule. <laughs> so it didn't work. He, was st- he stayed throughout the whole dishwasher. I, your wife was desperate to get George Clooney out of the house. Yeah. I would have been making up the guest bedroom. I'd be like, you're staying. I think I was. You, yeah. you live here now, George. It's your 10th house. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good, good rule. Well, your wife sounds great, actually. Why doesn't she have a podcast? It's a really good question. That's rule number 78. If you have a podcast, you have to give your wife a podcast. <laughs> there are no rules in here about podcasting, even though everyone has a podcast. <laughs> you know, I have to say, the when we published this, we suddenly realized we had scratched mm-hmm. the tip of the iceberg. Is that the phrase? Scratch the iceberg? Yeah, no, that's Why it. That's, that's, that's a new one. So you went to a couple of famous people and had them give you their etiquette rules. And you went to one of my favorite famous people, Amy Sedaris, which was genius. Oh, yeah. And every piece of advice she came up with was brilliant and something I hadn't thought of. Wasn't that amazing? She delivered that list and we were like, oh my God. And like her thinking about how to behave with other people is actually kind of like exciting and gratifying. I love that she said, and again, my wife has yelled at me for doing this and I don't do it anymore. If you bring flowers, especially to a party, they should already be in a vase. Amazing. Because otherwise you're just causing someone work in the middle of their party. Yeah. You're being, yeah. You're being a jerk. Oh, the most useful section for me was tipping. Mm-hmm. I could, that, mm-hmm. Thank you for doing it. Like, you said at restaurants, and I, I felt this but didn't really know. It's moved up yet again. Now it's up to 20 to 25% for a good tip. For just a tip. Yeah. How did you figure that out? Or why didn't I know that? Is it? I feel like this is the danger of getting old, right? I've noticed that older people sometimes don't tip completely correctly because they're stuck in a previous era. And and that's happening to me now, I think, with my 20%. Oh, yeah. So that's right. As we age, we don't update our our etiquette guides internally, as it were. So we talk to service workers. We talk to restaurant folks. We talk to a lot of retail sort of concerns, too, because like tipping has sort of moved beyond restaurants into bodegas and stores and... Hudson knew, you know what I mean? It's confusing. So, but what we really heard- You're supposed to tip me at the end of this, as you well know. I actually, you tip podcast hosts now. Always. It's like a rule. Um, <laughs> the, um, but like what we heard overall, we're tipping because the system is broken and we don't pay people. So yep. like Europeans, when they come here and they complain about tipping are correct. And totally. like, that's fine. And they can go back to their- low birth rate socialist paradise or whatever they want. I don't know. But like we're broken and we should be tipping 25% or more ideally. Like 20% is the floor. If you're rich, tip 30% or more. Oh, Food delivery, give them cash, tip your Uber. They're dependent on tips. Tips are also more pooled now in a way that they weren't when you and I were young. Like yeah. that usually went to like a server. Now it's feeding the house, the bartenders, the barbacks. Like, so it makes an expensive night out. Like the one kind of caveat I have about this is like, you know, we're not all rich. So if you're dining out and you're a young person or you're not wealthy, like it makes it more challenging for you also. Much more challenging, right? Yeah. But this system is busted. Then what are we going to do? Like, it feels very sad, but like, this is what these people survive on. So tipping is, tipping is escalated and we appreciate it. And for food delivery, 
20% or a minimum of $5, whichever is greater. And really, ideally, in cash. See, I wasn't doing that. I didn't, I didn't think of this. Yeah. I think delivery and cabs is great. And also, if you live in the suburbs, like if you slip your garbage guy 20 bucks every once in a while, mm. the service you get for that is significant. And it's like a significant portion of their of their wage. Wait, what's going on? How does improved garbage service look like? Like what? So you, here's the thing. Like if you live in a lot of towns in America, like the garbage guys are like, we take this, we don't take that. You know, it gets really intense and granular. Yeah. 20 bucks and they're taking your dirty mattresses and your construction lumber out. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's real. I feel like if you're tipping your garbage man 20 bucks on the reg, you're definitely in the mob and there's bodies in your garbage. They will take those bodies. For sure. It's in New York. They, no questions asked. You know, because I am so, so old, some <laughs> of these things that I'm sure are incredibly helpful are like gibberish to me. They're like rules about meaning the Albanian queen. Like, don't ever message someone K. You should say KK. I'm not in whatever game this is. I got to tell you, I don't know how many uh, Gen Zers you work with, but like, All of them. like it's just different. And I, I upset them in ways that I will never understand. And I hope they forgive me when it's time to put me on the ice flow. Wait, so K, which means okay, is rude. But two Ks, which means okay, okay, is neutral or positive? It's somehow chatty. It's like somehow cheerier. It means like, okay, okay. It doesn't mean like, okay, I hate you. I can confirm. <laughs> Monique's like, let me in. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, this whole time I've been like, oh man, let me in. Okay. This is our producer, Mo. <laughs> K is, it, it translates to you. Just stop talking to me. KK is sweet. Sounds good. Couldn't tell you why, but that's the truth. Mo, Mo, how old are you? I'm 26. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean lists for magazines before at like time out and uh time and we always kind of thought of them as a way to generate conversation and debate like the time 100 or how much of this stuff do you did you guys not really believe in but you thought would just generate good debate honestly like i'm so sincere like we literally thought of this as like service and like Hmm. obviously some of it is saucy and some of it's aggressive and some of it's supposed to be a little bit funny too like and to make you think but like Honestly, like this is a really sincere effort and that sounds very like ridiculous to say, but like we didn't want to say like the fork goes to your left at a dinner party. Like, well, that doesn't matter anymore. That's your point, right? That these are the things that matter. The right. K what, versus what KK. dinner party, exactly. Yeah. The K versus KK matters. And like, so a couple people, like you pointed out, are, are mad about a couple things, but you know what? No one's really beefing about this. Really? Because we're right. Corey Sika, you gave us the gift of the new york magazine etiquette guide thank you so much thanks for having us i'm glad that you learned something okay (laughs) (laughs) i have one more rule for you if you get to the end of a podcast you have to go to apple podcasts and review it and like it it's just common courtesy next week we cover the oscars or at least that one time in 1974 that a man ran across the stage completely uncovered. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show today was produced by Mola Board and Nisha Venkut. It was edited by Lydia Jean Cott. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. And our executive producer is 
Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. I'm so old, I didn't even understand... So- oh. For emergencies. oh, I'm so old, my watch starts talking, and I can't control it. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.